Hey, before we get into the podcast, I just want to thank this week's sponsor. This week's sponsor is Sock Panda. They are a monthly sock subscription service, and I have personally bought them for members of my family, specifically my daughter. She absolutely loved them. Once a month, she'd be able to go out to the mailbox and get a new pair of socks, and it was always a surprise on like what they were. Sometimes it was like a surfing squirrel and other times there were aliens it was just pretty much all sorts of socks for everything you could possibly imagine and they have men's socks women's socks tween socks uh kid socks and you can go on you can purchase just one set or you can get a subscription and it makes for a great gift and this we're heading into the holiday season and supply chains are an issue so this is going to be a great gift that gives for the whole year or six months or however long you want to sign up for the sock subscription and even better than that, the Sock Panda team is, is dedicated to using its socks to make the world a better place. The company donates socks to those in need for every purchase. As of today, the company has donated over 141,000 pairs of socks to homeless shelters, low-income senior centers, hospitals, and underprivileged classrooms throughout the country. You can't go wrong with Sock Panda. They make great stuff, and they do great things. And today, they're giving our listeners a 15% discount. So you can go to SockPanda.com slash discounts slash inebriart15 to get 15% off your order. And we just want to say thank you to them for sponsoring the show. And make sure you go there and get some socks for yourself or for your loved ones this holiday season. Welcome back, Inebriates. This is Andy, the Inebriate Podcast. I think this is the first time we've ever had someone from like musical, like a musical theater Broadway background. So that's exciting. Oh, uh, I hit the big team. You hit the jackpot with this. <laughs> uh, we have Sierra Bogus, correct? Yeah. And Julie, Julian Ovenden. How'd I do? That'll do. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Uh, so, you guys, um, kind of took COVID being a bad thing and, and turned it into like a, a bit of a project. Is that how this whole interview kind of got started? You, you, you made a, an album. Yeah, I know. Right. That's a big question. <laughs> we did. We, it, this sort of was born out of this uh, desire to sing with each other. And um, we missed performing together and uh, also wanting to do something creative and wanting to, re-inspire ourselves and perhaps bring joy to the people. I mean, this really was born right at the, towards the beginning of lockdown. So mm-hmm. we're very much um, looking for something that is going to make ourselves feel creatively fulfilled and to get to sing together. So it truly was born out of that. And we've known each other for over 10 years and performed um, kind of all over, all over the place, all over the world, doing this kind of classic Broadway um, repertoire mm-hmm. um, but this is the first time that we've made a record together and we've been meaning to do it you know for a long time but ironically you know the time we chose was <laughs> when we couldn't actually see each other yeah. <laughs> so that was a major obstacle to the uh, to the project because we were three and a half thousand miles apart hence the title of the album <laughs> so like who who pitched that idea of doing it during lockdown and was the other person like immediately in or like 
how is that possible or like crazy? how it started we don't remember but we just we were texting each other and we thought like well let's record first we wanted to record one of the songs that we have sung together it just really this was during the time remember everybody was sort of coming up with youtube videos and stuff this was and that's that's what happened really we decided let's start with something that we know and mm -hmm. then we created videos as well we created youtube videos to go along with it but let me let me let me let's let's just um affiliate we have no <laughs> no recording you know engineering or producing expertise <laughs> whatsoever i mean my 11 year old son at the time had to walk me through <laughs> like basic principles of garage band yeah we call it in london and um like we installed some mics in um in my closet in your shoe closet yeah large large capacious <laughs> closet yeah. I'm in my attic and that's how we started the project it was like the musical equivalent of home brewing <laughs> but you know it, it's funny um and, and podcasting is a perfect uh, counterpart to that is when we started we had like a crappy $60 mic and we sure. were so bad at it that it took us I think about 20 episodes before we realized that even though we had the mic plugged in we were still recording through the laptop microphone Brilliant. Um, we've had all this we've had all this stuff and more like yeah. my piano goes out of tune after like about 48 hours after it's been tuned <laughs> properly so every, every track I know I had like a ticking clock <laughs> to make the thing work um but that was one of the joys of it you know kind of learning a new skill even though that you know we've done this we've performed and done this we know this music very well for over the 20 years um it, it kind of it was fun and it just it was also a, a, an opportunity to connect not just with ourselves but creativity but also with a wider with a wider audience so it um it was a labor of love but a lovely souvenir of a a good souvenir of a, a kind of bad time. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, I think everyone kind of found those ways to stay occupied. It seemed like m most, no, let's say normal people, I guess, normal people uh, were, were baking bread. Um, I inadvertently started a comedy show with some friends right. that, you know, now, now we're doing it in real life. And right. Um, it, it, I feel like, especially for creative people had to have something going on. Did, did you feel like that was part of it was you, you couldn't just kind of sit and watch so. Tiger King or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, yeah, I think so. I mean, as actors, we're really good at uh, the in-between because we're accustomed to not having one job all the time. So we might, we don't enjoy the in-between necessarily, but we are good at figuring out like, how do we stay inspired when we're, when we aren't working? So for us, the pandemic at the start, when we didn't know how long this is going to be, we were all just sort of figuring things out. And this, um, yeah. this is. Hard. I mean, two years ago, if you, you know, there was no, there would be no way that I was, would be, you know, releasing videos on YouTube. <laughs> no fucking way. <laughs> but then like you get to a stage where, you know, you're just sick and tired of just staring at the same children and <laughs> realizing you had the same children their whole lives. Yeah. You know, walking the same route with your dog and you're just desperate just to, to do something creative and something like, you know, that's that's different. Um and um We did. So yeah, we did. And here we are now. I mean, so there were two kind of two kind of phases for the project uh, the first phase which was us creating the tracks recording them and then attaching them to some kind of music video 
Then we um, we were approached by a producer, one of Simon Cowell's producers, who's also worked a lot with Andrew Lloyd Webber, who said, look, I love this project. You know, um, it's been very popular, but uh, let's make it really, really proper, proper sound, professional sound, use a proper orchestra, bloody, bloody, blah. blah, blah. Um, and then the next, the next sort of stage of it was um, putting that together, um, re-recording the tracks. And 18, down, 18 months down the line, we have a, you know, hopefully a professional sounding record that um, will win 19 Grammys. <laughs> just 19? Yeah. yeah. Just 19. Well, we're releasing the same day as Adele, so. so oh, all right. Okay, that's fair. She's going yeah. to be worried. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, you said you would never dreamt of being on YouTube and, you know, n- now that you are have videos, do you, do you find that there was uh, more interest, less interest? Like, how was that kind of whole experience on YouTube for you guys? More interest in... Like, were you, were you getting more downloads than you expected? Um, oh. like how's the feed, that kind of thing. Not yeah. your interest, I mean... I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we interested in yeah. YouTube? Um. Yeah, we definitely did. So the channel grew, it grew twice the size of what it was. People were, we found that, um, cause that awesome feature that they have where you can premiere a video. So there's a countdown, you know, so people would like join it and they would be so excited for that. Even just waiting for the countdown and seeing, and trying to guess, like, I wonder what they came up with this time for their video and stuff. So we realized that people are actually it's actually healing people in the sense that we're bringing them joy and humor and something that we love and how we love to sing so also like a quality piece of music as well do you do you find that oh sorry go ahead it it just made me feel dirty and disappointed (laughs) (laughs) it is the internet i mean together at a distance (laughs) here i was a grown man it's not resorting to the uh, to the tube of the you. It's not. It's not like you have a TikTok, so I don't. Oh, don't do, I do. go there. Do you? Go there. Like, see, I'm very grateful. Sierra is much more, you know, kind of social media savvy. You know, her cats and have a have a larger Instagram following than I do. True. That tells you all you need to know about my social media expertise. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of nice in a kind of. It's it's kind of nice that um, people responded, and um, I guess if they hadn't, then we wouldn't be sitting here doing this interview with you. So, True. Um, you know, it's 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 part of the world nowadays, and um, um, it's but it's it's no it's a it's a it's a a poor substitute for actually being in the room and, mm. and hearing live music. And I know that we all, I'm missing you that. know, we all need to get back in the room and get back to hearing those vibrations. Yeah, I know. Um... It was big news because Broadway shut down. It, it, I haven't heard much recently. I've been super busy, but is it open? Are, are, are there plans to open it? Like what, what's the situation in New York? Yeah, there are shows that are open now. Um, it's still early stages of things, but shows are open and opening. You have to be fully vaccinated um, or if you aren't able to be vaccinated because of Uh, health reasons or whatever, then you have to show a negative COVID test, stuff like that. So they're trying to just put everything into place to make everybody feel safe. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's, I think the hardest thing right now is tourists coming in because New York and Broadway and London West End too, we, we rely on people coming from all over the world. Um, And I think while this is still such an unknown 
you know, these variants that come out, it's, it is tricky to know um, how long things can last and uh, what type of, you know, how safe people feel as well. That's, that's the main thing. Yeah. The tourism thing is tricky. Um, Like I said, I'm in Plymouth mass. So I'm about a block from Plymouth rock right now. And uh, I remember. Yeah. It's, it's very unimpressive. Um, (laughs) But when it started opening up again, we would have people come in and they'd be like, Oh, you know, I'm here from Georgia. I just got off the plane. And your immediate reaction was, Oh, like, you know, get away from me. Yeah. Um, So I I think things have gotten a little better. People are a little more used to it. And, you know, the vaccinations are are up and the numbers are down. So that's good. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice to see live music again. I just took my son a couple of weeks ago to see stomp and it's just nice to be in an audience with people. And Oh my God. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, um, you know, for us, it's like church, I suppose. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, that feeling of being, um, of being together and witnessing the same thing and sharing the same thing, whether you're an audience member or a performer, it's still the same kind of concept. Um, and it's, um, you know, it's part of what makes us human and how we connect with each other in the world and how we make sense of the craziness that's going on. So, um, you know, we need to get back in a safe, in a safe, responsible way, but we need to get back. Mm-hmm. We interview a lot of like um, rock and pop musicians and they're always talking about, you know, that response from the audience kind of drives their performance uh, in musical theater. Is that similar? Cause it's not like people, you know, woohoo in the middle, you know, there's no lighters or anything. But not necessarily <laughs> the shows that we do, I guess. But yeah, yeah. you do feel an energy, I think, don't you? Absolutely, you feel an energy. With the stuff that we're doing, we're telling story through it. So it's different than a pop singer whose job is to make sound, uh, mm-hmm. and make you feel some type of, you know, something. And we are doing that through sound but it is also the stories that we're telling and the connection so you do feel the audience being the other scene partner to you and it makes a huge difference we just getting to sing together in the same room it feels like such a um, welcome change from this time of being apart and uh, tomorrow we're singing in front of an audience and that's going to feed us as well it definitely we got into live those of us that do live performing we got into that because of that live that energetic exchange that you have I guess is this your first performance since the beginning of the lockdown in front of an audience mm-hmm. not for me no um, it's not for you either. not for me either no. but together yes together yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be it'll be be lovely. Lovely to to release this this yeah. project to the wider world. To the world. <laughs> <laughs> and and thirty seven Grammys, right? Now thirty seven, of yeah. course. I don't <laughs> even know how many there are. You're not going to make any money from it. It's a complete. You know, it's like you don't make any money from releasing records anymore. Yeah, so, it's such a weird industry now. And I, mean, I think it might. I think it might change. I I I kind of feel like there's there's legislation is going to come in because I, I just don't think I don't know how you how it can be how the how the business can support itself mm. uh, on just live you know on the sort of ten acts that can that can sell records and make any money from that. I just feel like it's unfair. Mm. Um, but that's not the you know the whole. That's not the point of this project. Um, yeah. Point was uh, to um, you know 
to do all the things that we've already discussed. Um, but it's an exciting day for us tomorrow. Yeah. Do you, do you think it's, um, I mean, obviously it's timely, but do you think if you had released this album recorded the same way prior to COVID that it would have gotten the same kind of response? Yeah. If you were just like, oh, we rec- made this album and we weren't able to get together and, or do you think that kind of COVID adds that little bit of, yeah. I don't, I don't know if marketing. Uh, yeah, it's hard right. to know. I think what's interesting is that Jules and I have talked about doing an album together for so long. So it is a passion project, no matter what it was. So the fact that there is this thing attached to it, that is we created this out of the need for this and being at a distance and stuff is an interesting factor, but we would have eventually we would have done this regardless because both of us believe in this type of music so much. And Mm -hmm. we love singing together and that connection is apparent, even just listening to it. So I think it's, I mean, who knows? You know, record labels love it. They love a story. Yeah. They love it. Yeah. They love a gimmick. However, I just don't, you know, it adds a little bit of a frisson, this, this whole thing, because, you know, we were so far apart and I come from London and Sierra is obviously in New York. But, you know, if we just met, then, you know, it would have been a bit, it's a bit shallow, but because we've known each other and are are kind of well known for what we do together. um, Plus the fact that there aren't, you know, there's not really another album that's like this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of duets from the musicals, um, uh, this kind of material. So um, it kind of is, it's sort of sitting in its own, in its own um, box. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, as I mean, they're very emotion, emotional songs, um, and I can imagine when you're on stage, it, it's easier to kind of fall into the right emotion at the right time as you're kind of like going through the story. Was it a real challenge to kind of set yourself into that kind of, you know, where the character would be, even though you didn't even have someone with you? Nah, nah. No, because of these songs are written so well and the music also takes you there. So a lot of times, even one of the songs we recorded is All I Ask of You, which is from Phantom of the Opera. And I've sung that particular show all over the world, literally. Mm-hmm. And singing and knowing that I'm going to record this with Julian's voice is it, like for me, as soon as we he sent me through the his track and it start the music started and I got so emotional so I would just immediately take into the place of like oh my god this is happening and I just it just it's easy when you have a shorthand with each other of how you sing and interpret musically so that you I'm not ever worried oh Julian just you know recorded this just yeah hope it's gonna be okay he legit you know sings this and interprets it in such a beautiful way so that I can then just also be in my interpretation and all that stuff if that makes sense so mm-hmm. we're like the uh, tom brady and and the uh, who's the who's the kind of receiver guy from the uh, new uh, York, the, the, uh gronkowski gronkowski yeah they're gronkowski. like the tom brady and there it is gronkowski yeah. the musical theater world cheers yeah i'm the only guy <laughs> in the only guy in massachusetts who had to stop and think about that <laughs> <laughs> i'm like uh, yeah i know who you're talking about uh what's his name again <laughs> The two guys that cheated a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, those. Ron Kowski. Yeah. Like that line? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I didn't even follow American football. Ghouls. I'm impressed. I know. Yeah. Wow. That's wow. <laughs> um, Plymouth Gin come from Plymouth. 
Plymouth Gin? Have you ever had Plymouth Gin? No. It's really good. Really nice gin, but it's not it is not from Mass. Maybe it's Plymouth. Is there there's a Plymouth in England? Yeah. Um (laughs) Plymouth, England is where the Mayflower left from. Right. Okay. Yeah. But we do have uh, a locally made gin. It's called Dirty Water. Um, Oh, (laughs) delicious. Yeah, we uh, (laughs) Plymouth has uh, five breweries, two wineries, a cidery and a distillery Uh and was voted the most drinking town in Massachusetts. So it's kind of hard to stay sober around here. That's Is that anything to do with your type, the inebri- inebriart? Uh, inebriart started off as a drink and draw. Um, so it's just some... What's a drink and draw? Uh, the movement started out in California. Let's see, we've been around since 2011, and it was probably like four years before that. And it was some um, professional artists that were kind of getting burnout from you know, deadlines and whatnot. And they're kind of like, do you remember this? We started drawing because it was fun. Mm. And so they set aside one night a week where they'd get together at a bar. And the one rule was you couldn't bring any actual work. Oh, I see. <gasps> wow. And oh, so little so drink and draws started to pop up all over the country. And uh, my buddy who was a bartender is like, we should start a drink and draw. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. And that is wow. that was 10 years ago. I thought when you said drink and draw, I was thinking like an old Western that was like drink. <laughs> drink draw, draw partner. <laughs> it, was like a, it was like a drawer on a kind of desk or something that you just kept all your. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. Like that's the drinking drawer. Drinking drawer. I, I am from Massachusetts, so I do talk funny. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is brilliant. Yeah. Well, so. Um, so I'm sure, you know, you guys are professionals. I don't know whether you still get kind of a, a stage fright or, or butterflies, but is there more of that where like tomorrow you're going to be, this is your project opposed to being in someone else's? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll be nervous. I mean, it's yeah. kind of part of it. You have a kind of feeling of anticipation and expectation, but I mean, there's no kind of fail for us. I mean, you know, um, obviously we're expecting to sell 5 million copies, <laughs> Um, but More it doesn't. Than Adele. Uh, <laughs> with you, it's just celebrating what what we made, um, and and you know, sort of sharing that celebration and sharing the story. Um, that's all we have to do. It's not like it's a big exam we have to pass. Um, you know, it's um, it's yeah, it's just just um, marking the day. I suppose. Yeah, the- and just being excited, I think, is really you know, you get the same the same butterflies are for being terrified and being excited. And we feel very excited, very excited to finally, you know, release this thing to the world. And it's just, to me, it's so exciting to kind of see things starting to pick up again. I mean, we've been getting so busy and, um, you know, booking things that we had kind of hoped to book and then COVID kind of derailed things. Yeah. Um, are you guys looking forward to getting back on stage? Have you guys been cast in anything? Like what, what's your kind of, what's, what's next? I, I'm very much looking forward to getting back on stage. Um, I can't wait to see what the world is going to do that allows me to be able to do that. Um, but that is something that I'm, I am really looking forward to. I miss, uh, performing with people and um, getting to have, you know, like we create little families. That's what's so sad about 
when theater had to, you know, take a pause is that we create little families and we didn't get to do that for so long. So that's what I, that's what I really, really miss about live performing. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been relatively lucky um, since the spring of this year, um, being pretty busy doing, um, doing a film and a, a TV show for HBO and a, um, and a musical as well on stage. So I feel like, I feel that things are definitely coming back. Um, there's still a little bit of a way to go um, with audience um, um, and screen stuff is difficult for smaller projects to get off the ground. Mm -hmm. Insurance is tough. And if they have to kind of, you know, if there are you know, derailments due to kind of illness, then that eats into your budget massively. So Amazon and Netflix can deal with it. But the smaller, late, the smaller kind of services, streaming services and independent movies and stuff like that are still kind of struggling, I would say. But certainly, you know, the world is in a better place. Yeah, I, I, I love with the streaming services how much uh, more content is available and shows that would have never been made before are getting an opportunity to be made and in ways they never did. Um, do you guys, I mean, do you prefer stage performances to TV and film? Is that that's all I've all I've done is stage. That's all I, that I've desired. Do you, do you not have a desire to do? You don't want to be I in a superhero movie, or I don't have a desire to. So I, for me, I absolutely love stage. But Jules can speak to. It. I like I like all of it really. I like the variety. Um, and um, I feel that, um, you know, there's at the moment, there's so much amazing writing going on on screen into television in particular. I think we're living in a golden age of television. Um, it used to be movies where all the writers were and all the great actors, but now I'd say it was television. That's where people want to do. They want to do a 10 episode, you know, kind of Netflix show for the smart writer because you get to do you got to tell an amazing story over the course of, you know, 10 hours rather than a Marvel film, which is, you know, it's a Marvel film. Great. But it's, I think we just had enough of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. feel like, too much. you know, something like Game of Thrones, like really kind of changed the climate. Mm -hmm. for, you know. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Sure. I auditioned for Game of Thrones about eight times. I bet you. Did. <laughs> Dragons, snakes, dwarfs. I did the whole Dang. gamut. Dang. Yeah. But they got a new show coming out, I think. Didn't uh, they? No, I don't care. I don't no, no. You have to be the, the, the original. Yeah. You never want to be in that show. You never want to be in the, the, the sequel. That's no. never going to be the same, is it? Yeah. Never going to be the same. <laughs> Cut to when it then. Yeah, yeah it's going to be huge. Yeah. yeah. We lost you. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, we're back. We're back. Yep. Yep. Uh, you guys, you know, into acting and performing in general. Like, was it a you know school program? Like, are you from theatrical families? Like, what what was the the spark? Mm, I don't know. Actually, I, I grew up in Denver, Colorado. I didn't grow up around Broadway. Obviously, I didn't really know what that was. I just always enjoyed. Um, I, I enjoyed 
being in front of people uh, when I would do like little like songs or stuff like that. So it, it wasn't really until high school with my drama being in my drama department and stuff that I really realized this is something that you could do for a living. So I think I always just enjoyed the community feel of it and um, creating stuff together. That's really, I think, what drew me to it. Yeah. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to do until I guess I was in my early 20s. Um, I mean, I'd been a, I'd sort of sung in choirs and stuff like that. Um, I, mean, I didn't come from a, a performing background, um, although my dad's a, a vicar a priest. It's kind of performance. I mean, yeah, one of the <laughs> yeah. No, um, uh, but yes, I, and then when I went to drama school, I kind of realized I was with the people I'd like to be with. And... Um, and doing what I wanted to do. It's like you guys were uh, made me think how, how uh, you mentioned how it's, it's like a family. And when I was younger, I was I'm very shy and, you know, an introvert and, you know, through performing in theater and uh, music and, and band, you know, those people became the people who were really close to me. And I was able to like find that connection with people and open up a little bit. And I'm seeing the same thing with my kids. I mean, were you guys kind of reserved as kids or were you kind of always kind of extroverts and <laughs> I was definitely extroverted. Really? <laughs> you're kidding. <laughs> I'm the really? middle of any surprises. <laughs> no, oh, you're a middle <laughs> child? I'm the middle child. So one, I have all the dysfunction, middle child dysfunction, and needs the attention. My sisters are both, I always say they're way cooler than I am. They're just introverted. So people like they're not, they don't do like a flashy. Like I'm just on stage, but they're way cooler than I am. But yeah, I'm an extrovert. <laughs> Jules, um, I suppose that's like I'm, I'm less extrovert than Sierra. I have moments of extrovert Me behavior too. and moments of introverted behavior. I don't know. I think a lot of performers actually are introverted, but um, a lot of you know, there's a lot of performers mm-hmm. that want to impress, but that's not really what. It's about, um, of course, is surrounded at the moment in our lives by people wanting to impress and wanting to kind of perform. Yeah. Um, but that's not kind of the point of it. Yeah, it's just weird. I, like, I always felt comfortable on stage, but like in a one-on-one conversation, forget it. Like It, it was yeah. totally different. Yes, I suppose that you're, if you're kind of embodying someone else or someone else's thoughts, there is a certain amount of protection. So yeah. You, you know, like the idea of, of being emotional or taking your clothes off would be terrifying as yourself. Right. Doing it as someone else um, is somehow kind of emboldening. Mm. I found it was easy to kind of like disconnect because like once the house lights went down, I mean, there was just kind of a black shape, you know, you mm. couldn't really, it's yeah. not like you actually saw it made eye contact with anybody. Yep. But, yeah, that's yep. you know back in my limited stage experience in acting. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, do you guys have a particular uh, favorite role that has always kind of stuck with you that maybe you want to revisit, or just that kind of one that really you enjoyed playing the most? Mm. It's. I mean. W- 
I feel very fortunate with the roles that I played. I've, I have actually loved each one of them for different reasons. It's hard to want to think about revisiting something. Um, but I, at the same time, I could revisit any of them because you, you're never quite done. If I still have stuff to say about each one of them, uh, each one of the characters. Um, so all, <laughs> all, and none. all and none. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm similar. I'm sort of similar. I think I like the fact that you know, kind of the characters kind of intersect with your where you are in your life, and that's a sort of magical al- alchemy of it. Um, and so, were I to do a part that I did ten years ago, it would be completely different. Mm because I have 10 years worth of 10 years more worth of life experience. Um, and that changes you and changes your perceptions and changes, you know, changes everything. Yeah. Um, you said it in- intersects with your life. Uh, what do you mean specifically? Like, well, I mean that, you know, having children, for example, mm-hmm. as a, as a life experience that completely changes and changes your whole uh, the way you view the world and so yeah. you know taking on taking on a role before then and after that experience i, I would have thought would be probably quite different um do you know what i mean you bring yeah. you bring you bring what what's happened in your own life where it be you know uh, breakups or some kind of trauma or some extraordinary experiences that you've had in your own life or your relationships up to that point you bring that to the table with what your you know what the material is you know that's the kind of chemical reaction that happens um um but the idea of sort of revisiting something is not necessarily exciting to me i'd like to sort of go into new new pastures do you think those life experiences kind of direct the roles that you're interested in because when you were saying that it kind of made me think about like how you see like these really edgy comics like eddie murphy jumps to mind but now he's older and has children. He does more like family films and that sort of thing. Do you, do you think that kind of stuff like directs the path of your. Quite possibly, you know, it, it also, there's also the commercial element to it as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're you know, Ed and Murphy, he, you know, maybe he'd be able to finance an edgy movie himself, but I, I don't think he'll find, you know, a Netflix or a Disney or a whatever it may be wanting to finance a, you know, an edgy Eddie Murphy film. Hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it, we have to also realize that it's, it's a business. Um, so there's obviously, you know, there's artistic things to consider, but there's also business things to consider, especially on screen. Um, and um, yeah, and you get more comfortable and you want yeah. to take less risks. Generally, you want to take less risks the older you get, hmm. uh, depending on how financially safe you are secure yeah. you are um but i i like taking risks personally That's do you guys I'm... have to deal with any part of that uh business you, that you you said it's, it's a business but do you have to deal with that as far as an actor in the musical theater like does that come into play at all where you have to ever worry about budget or promotion or that sort of thing oh yeah um you're always aware you know doing major shows on Broadway say, you know how much it's, it's on all the press and stuff. It says like, this is a $20 million musical or something. So especially if you're the title of show, you, you do take on that. 
Mm -hmm. I certainly have in the past that um, this sort of feels on your shoulders um, and you have a responsibility to that. I think how I deal with that is just um, is, is uh, embracing that responsibility so that it doesn't, uh, you know, that that's how your life is going to be is for this time. This is my number one job, you know, to make sure that this thing stays afloat. (laughs) And, and then in terms of just like personally, yeah, you're always thinking about that. So actors, we, we're like, like I talked about in the beginning, we are often in between things more, more often than even doing a show, unless we're doing a long running show. So mm-hmm. we're constantly thinking about how to move the pieces around and how to keep things afloat. And I mean, Jules has a family. So for all of my friends in this industry that do what I do and have a family that they are supporting and thinking about, that's, that's a whole other level. Okay, um, so I know you guys have places to go, and uh, you got a big like party tomorrow for the the release, right? You have a release party. Yeah, tomorrow? yes, it's exciting. Do. Yes. Um, but uh, Julian, uh, I'm sure you want to get out all your social media handles and whatnot. So, uh, do you, where where can guys, people find you guys? And, oh, and... Yeah. my millions of disciples. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, or what I would say is don't follow her. She's got enough people. Yeah. I mean, I, I, all I want to come out of this experience is I want more followers than her cats. <laughs> how many cats She's do your followers have? If I can have. achieve that, if they I can have, achieve that, how many, how many thousands are there? They have 13,000 followers. Holy crap. What, is <laughs> what is wrong? I have 5,000. 5,000 less than your cats. On my cats. And my they cats, can't even talk. They're fabulous. They're Amazing. fabulous. Can they have? Well, you haven't asked, have you? Teach me <laughs> <laughs> How many? How many? How many people subscribe to your podcast? Um, let's see. On our socials, we have. I think if you combine them all, we might beat her cats. No, we wouldn't. Yeah. Okay, great. They, they probably have us by three three thousand. Great. So please follow. Right, so they need need to follow me at Julian Ovenden to just. All I need is to beat the cats. That's All right. it. I was going to ask her what her, I what her did the project <laughs> in the first place. That's Just, it. I needed to beat the cats. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with cats and, and Instagram? What is that? Hold Jules, on. if you follow them, then you'll see why oh, they're so popular. There's so, there's so many people. There's a, a friend of mine here who's a French bulldog has yes. a boatload of followers. Oh that's the content we care that about. That is not the content. It we care. is. <laughs> it really is, Jules. This it is where is. we. This is where this we. This is where we. This is where, where we are we, together at, at a distance. distance. <laughs> oh, so it has nothing to do with the Atlantic Ocean. It's about your yeah. your love so and dislike of cats. The entire podcast. This has actually all been about getting Jules followers above <laughs> the cats. <laughs> right, get some free shit. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's what I want. I want to be right. sold. I want to be sent cereal or kind of, you know, kibble. recyclable. Kibble. <laughs> I don't know. Anything. Anything. I don't think that I can go, ah. Oh, well, look. let's make these dreams come true, Jules. You get sent free shit, don't you? I do. Like what? What have you got? What's the best thing you've been sent? Oh, the best thing I've been sent is the home ice rink. What? The uh, home ice rink? Yeah, polyglide ice. For the cats? No, for oh. <laughs> <laughs> for the cats. <laughs> These sheets of uh, this, like this technology that's been made 
that's like it so it feels where do like you ice. do that where do you put you just this? lay them down in but where the music room is where that piano is i know but how are you supposed to how are you supposed to do like a like a whole routine it sounds dangerous. I, that's why I'm not so fast about this whole thing. That's the <laughs> Look at that's how you flip See how you put, first you wanted three things. Now you don't, don't want, want a portable, whole ice rink. I don't want a portable ice rink. Jules, no, either you want the free things or <sighs> ungrateful. Ungrateful. All this wrong <laughs> right now. <laughs> at Julian Avenden. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Sierra? It's marvelous content. I, I'm always delivering marvelous, marvelous content. He's mostly reposting from at official Sierra Vargas. Oh, don't <laughs> tell them that. They don't want to follow you. They do. They, they, do they very. They if do anything, not. they're going to follow my cat at yeah. Olivia and Seely. Oh. If, if the cats get free things, it's promotional. Oh, yeah. oh. I'll throw that out there. And with that, <laughs> mic drop, literally. <laughs> um, and where can people go to get the album? So it's available on all streaming and digital platforms. So wherever anybody streams their music, um, that's where it will be. Outstanding. Yeah. And uh, we wish you guys the best of luck on your performance tomorrow. Thank you so, thank so you. much. And, um, you know, you feel free to thank us in your Grammy acceptance speech, you know, um, give a little hat nod to, to Adele, you know, don't yeah. upset her too much. Yeah. <laughs> but no, this is great, guys. And uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, oh, best you. of luck Thanks to you. Having Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank anytime. You. And uh, listeners, we'll, we'll see you guys back again next week when we have a new interview for you guys. Great. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank Bye. you so much. Bye. Bye. And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns, or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.